0: Welcome to the Beehive Capital Show. I'm Douglas Obusu. As always, I'm here with the Beehive Capital Management Team. On the Beehive Capital Show, we provide a medium for the startup ecosystem's most respected and trusted leaders to share their insight so entrepreneurs and investors can flourish even during these trying times. Kim Young joins us today. She is a Principal for Strategic Investments and the Women in Technology Venture Fund at BDC Capital. Kim began her career in both the investment banking and merchant banking divisions at Goldman Sachs in New York. Kim, welcome to the Beehive Capital Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: BDC is a very integral organization to the Canadian ecosystem. It provides many areas of support. The Women in Tech Fund is very interesting, and I would love for us to kind of dig into this and hear more about it. Uh, Prior to that, I would love if you could share a bit about yourself, specifically your role and activities at BDC Capital.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am a principal on the Women in Tech Venture Fund at BDC Capital, which is the investing arm of BDC, which is the Development Bank of Canada, focused on all parts of the investment process. So from start to finish, kind of soup to nuts, sourcing, due diligence, you know, Negotiating legals and then post-investment portfolio management. I have been in finance for most of my career. So before investing um, you know, banking on the advisory side, and then moved over to the buy side, and uh, eventually um, made my way to BDC and very focused on venture. You know, really exciting stuff that we're doing. So I'm happy to chat more about it today.
0: On a high level, in terms of the Women in Tech Venture Fund, what is it specifically?
1: Yeah. So the Women in Tech Venture Fund, uh, the $200 million fund that is focused on investing um, and backing women-led and women-co-founded startups. It has a pretty unique mandate actually within Canada and even more broadly when you you kind of think about it. But its mandate is really to deliver return on investment while making a lasting impact on the Canadian tech ecosystem. So what we do is, you know, we look to identify and invest in top performing teams, try to manage kind of an inordinate amount of demand that we think is in the market, that we believe is in the market that we see, while also developing and supporting the ecosystem for women in tech. So, you know, there's a few legs to the stool, if you will, but all of that at the end is to is to really be a catalyst to address what the bank believed was kind of a gap in, in BC. So the supporting female founders, female-led uh, startups um, in the Canadian ecosystem.
0: So specifically the challenges or opportunities that triggered the creation of the fund would be this gap in the market. And could you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah. So I I think I think and there's like a ton of studies that you can see and and have been you know even highlighted you know as recent as this summer kind of in terms of like just overall diversity. But what they saw call it three, four years ago was how do you think about supporting women entrepreneurs uh, more broadly, right? So, you know, and what can we do to support that in Canada specifically? And so the bank made a commitment to this effort more broadly and then within BBC Capital, structured it so that it's it's really putting investment dollars behind strong female founders, female-led businesses, putting support behind Developing ecosystem to be able to nurture and grow and equip female entrepreneurs with the skills they need to, you know, scale a business and then, and then, and support them in that way as well as activities and partners uh, across the ecosystem, coast to coast, to help support regional efforts as well, right? All with the goal to, one, have more women-led and women-founded startups, but also build strong Canadian champions in the ecosystem and kind of have a virtuous cycle, right? To grow really strong companies that do really well, that exit, have really successful uh, management teams that go on to either you know put more money and invest in other Canadian startups or go on to start another company, but kind of have that cycle, which is a very like, virtuous cycle, right? To continually positively feed the ecosystem more broadly.
0: Specifically, you had mentioned the mandate and how this plays into the mandate. Could you share with us what the mandate is?
1: Well, so that is the mandate, right? The mandate is to deliver a a return on investment on dollars we put into backing Canadian startups that are led or being founded by female entrepreneurs. And simultaneously, which is kind of why it's unique, but also supporting that Canadian tech ecosystem specifically for women in tech.
0: Perfect. So with this said, if we were to dig into a bit of the lower details of the Women in Tech Venture Fund, it seems that the fund actually plays multiple roles simultaneously. It plays the role of a GP with direct investments, an LP with indirect investments, and then an ecosystem builder. So could you share an overview of the roles that the fund plays within the Canadian ecosystem?
1: Sure, I think you've outlined it exactly how kind of we see the role and how the fund is structured and that so we spend a good portion of our time on direct investment. So as a, an investor, an equity investor, into companies. So we will either lead around, be a co-investor, be part of the syndicate. There's a whole host of ways we act as a direct investor. We also have a portion of the fund, at smaller, but allocated toward fund investment. And so we do that in conjunction with the funds team that sits at the BBC as well, but focused on emerging managers that have female GPs. Uh, and then finally, you know, I mentioned earlier, but we do a bunch of um, ecosystem community building activities. And so that's really helping to build and support the women in tech entrepreneur community more broadly, coast to coast.
0: Okay. You had mentioned the fund is a $200 million fund, correct? Yes. So if we were to more broadly understand the percentage allocation towards the direct investments versus the indirect investments, how is this allocation divvied?
1: Yeah, so I'd say like it's about 85% of the fund is focused on direct investing. So when we think about our direct investments, we really are looking to be a partner along the lifecycle of the business, right? So from seat to scale, to the extent it makes sense, we're really invested in being a long term partner, that's pretty critical. And when we think about why we want to invest in the first place, it's really important for us to see a pathway from a partnership perspective, because it's, you know, you're in it for the long term, it's not just, you know, you put a dollar in and, you know, tomorrow, you can be like, okay, I'm done. It's it's really a, a long term partnership. And we really value that with all of our portfolio companies. And that's what we look for in new investment opportunities that we evaluate.
0: Building on this concept of long-term partner when we invest is definitely for a longer period of time. And with that said, what are the qualities of team members that you find most exciting to invest in? Because I mean, this is a five to seven year journey at the minimum.
1: Yeah, at the minimum. No, it's a great question. I think, you know, when we think about team members or kind of the management teams that we're partnering with, you can tell when you meet founders and leaders who are really passionate about their company and their business and their customers and their their own team. So that's really important. But also you find like a lot of success with founders and leaders who kind of have lived that problem too, right? Especially when it comes to the problem they're tackling. Having, you know, lived, felt kind of the pain or are the, the, the specific pain points, they can really drill down and understand like what they're solving for that customer and why their product, their service, whatever is the thing that's going to solve it because they fundamentally understand why there's a need to do it differently because clearly whatever existed wasn't working. And so when there's a founder who's really lived that themselves, it becomes pretty compelling. And that's where the passion kind of goes hand in hand, right? The passion, it comes through in that too, because, you know, they know. And then the last piece I'd say also is when you think about, you know, being a long-term partner, continuous kind of like feedback loops are really important, being adaptable, being coachable. There's a whole bunch of stuff that, especially on early stage companies that everybody's kind of learning. Oftentimes companies we look at, it's their first time, Um, as a founder um, or the first time starting their own business. And so um, there's a lot to be said about on both sides, being adaptable, being coachable, being open to feedback. And it's all really important too if you think about, you know, don't mean to sound corny, but like, you know, beginning a journey together and then trying to like trying to like reach what everybody has the same goal, the end goal in mind, right? It's like build and scale a great company. And that's what we look for and it's really important for us. And I think that alignment is really important on both sides because at the end of the day for us, it's more than just a check. There's a lot of capital out there and a a lot of people who can put capital into a business, but it's really important for us that long-term alignment is there.
0: Excellent. When speaking on the management teams, being passionate, being able to relate with the customer base, having experienced the problems firsthand are definitely aspects that increase the likelihood of being able to understand the market and push this product into the market. I am curious to hear on the technology side if there are certain technologies or verticals that fit best with the fun thesis or is it more so, again, based on the woman led aspect?
1: It's a bit of both. Uh, we don't have specific industry verticals we're focused on. We're a generalist fund. So we look across all industries. We're industry agnostic. From a technology perspective, again, there's nothing specific that we're looking for from a tech perspective, other than, you know, it's scalable, but also is there something unique about what's being done, right? Um, because I think you and I discussed earlier, but if it's as easy as, you know, the technology just being copy and pasted by somebody else, and what else is there? that kind of makes what you have sticky, right? What makes your specific product needed and a must have versus, oh, this is kind of nice. Um, And so kind of we evaluate that, we kind of put that lens on it, but we're pretty open when it comes to evaluating opportunities and evaluating different companies and, and keeping an open mind about the opportunity set.
0: I'm curious to hear what the typical investment range allocated per deal list, as well as what you would say the sweet spot is for check sizes.
1: So it depends. I think that's typically an answer. Um, what I would say is that on an initial investment, depending on the stage, we'll do if Series A, for example, we, we'll do an, you know anywhere from you know one to three million dollars from an initial check. Everything really kind of depends on the size of the round, how many other people are at the table, and kind of a whole bunch of those points are taken into consideration. And then we'll usually reserve that same amount, at least that minimum for follow on investments, or we might write larger checks into future rounds to the extent um, it makes sense. Again, our capital is relatively flexible in terms of where we choose to deploy it for any one given company. But the intent is to be able to follow on at least on our pro rata on future rounds.
0: Interesting. So for the series A, it seems that you have maybe two to six reserved for each venture, and then you'll lead the initial round with a one to three investment range, correct?
1: Yeah, again, it depends. We, we will lead, but we will also just be part of the syndicate sometimes where it makes sense. We can co-lead. We don't have to lead um, an investment in order to participate. It's not a hard and fast rule for us.
0: What's the typical investment range for SEEDS?
1: Yeah, for seed investments, again, so it's all I'll caveat everything by depends on the size of the round, because if the round is smaller, obviously, it, it won't make sense in terms of like the numbers I give you. But if it's a larger round, too, it might be larger. But on average, our seed investments are anywhere from 250 to $500,000. But again, it can be slightly higher if it makes sense for the round, really. But we're in around kind of a 250 to 500 kind of sweet spot for earlier stage stuff.
0: In regards to the indirect investments, I would love to learn more. Specifically, what's the criteria for consideration and committed capital by the Women in Tech Venture Fund?
1: Sure. So we have a smaller pool of capital as part of the fund that's allocated to indirect investments or fund investments. And it is to back and be an LP in funds led by women GPs, obviously Canadian women GPs running Canadian funds. We have made investments in a handful of funds that are led by female GPs already. Um, they include District Ventures, Tandem Launch, MidProc, um, and Renewal. And, you know, these are, are kind of done in partnership with the funds team. And, and you know, we're really excited about the funds and the female GPs that lead them.
0: So in regards to the ecosystem development, what are the types of partners that the fund typically works with?
1: So it's a whole range of folks that we work with. I'd say we work with partners across Canada um, with the goal to build a sustainable ecosystem at all stages of development that helps kind of connect the Canadian women in tech community. So as part of that, we have led our own initiatives from, you know, networking perspective, from an education perspective, from a communications perspective, and as well as thought leadership pieces that we put out um, in the market. And then also within the ecosystem, you know, we partner with different organizations in incubators, conferences, and participate in a bunch of different forums and demo days and virtual events and speaking engagements to help kind of make sure that we are everywhere we can be, where that makes sense. But, you know, we're involved with many different organizations. So just like a bunch off the top of my head are CDL, for example, which I know you're very familiar with, the Atlantic Venture Forum, Volta, you know, NACO, North, the 51, (laughs) Community Tech, Next Canada, Future Capital, there's a whole host um, startup fest that we participate in and that we have close relationships with and to help support um, and be involved where needed.
0: Okay. What's your outlook going forward and what are you most excited about in regards to women-led technology companies?
1: we continue to see really interesting companies meet with consistently with just pretty standout teams. And so I think the outlook and what I'm excited about are kind of go hand in hand. And it's I still think there's a lot of opportunity for us in the market. I think there are more and more women who are kind of deciding they want to either start a company or they're leading a company. And that's really exciting for us in terms of the talent and the quality of things that we're seeing. It's just It continues to impress. There's no shortage of opportunities, I think. It's exciting because we are looking to build um, and support Canadian champions like and that also are being led by really phenomenal uh, women at the end of the day and i think it's exciting because there is a ton out there and we're seeing more seeing more is really hopeful and it's really kind of the reason we're around you know hopefully one day there doesn't need to be a gender specific fund where all the opportunities are are kind of equally distributed i mean that's the that's the ultimate ultimate goal right is for everything to kind of just be equal across the board but In the meantime, we'll continue to look for and back uh, really strong female entrepreneurs building really exciting businesses and scaling really exciting businesses.
0: Beautiful. Well, Kim, that brings this time to a close. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks so much. Um, This was fun.
0: Thanks for joining us on the Beehive Capital Podcast. We hope this sparked new ideas or raised your spirits during these challenging times. If you found this to be valuable, then sign up to our newsletter called Hive People. Go to HivePPL.VC and sign up to join the community. Likewise, join the conversation on Twitter at Hive underscore VC or Instagram at Hive.VC. Finally, please like and comment on the podcast through your favorite podcast platform as that helps others find the conversation. All the best. Douglas Awuso